Welcome. As I have explained before, the standard verb form that the Torah uses when telling a story, when delivering a narrative, is the very familiar Vayomer, Vayidaber, Vayetze, Vayishlach, which consists of the verb, which is actually in a future tense, Yoma, Yidaber, Yetze, etc. But a Vav is added to the beginning. And so Vayomer means, and he did say. And Vayidaber means, and he spoke. And Vayetze means, he went out, and so on. That's what I like to call the Ovar Siduri. This is the form of the past tense that the Torah uses when it is telling you events that occurred in the past in a Siddur, in a, in a organized, orderly fashion, one event after the other. There is also something called the Ovar Muktam, which we find in the uh, Sefer Bracious. It's not Aleph Dalit, but rather it's Dalit Aleph. In the beginning of the fourth chapter of Bracious, we find the following ishto, And the man, meaning Adam HaRishon, he knew, meaning he had relations with Chava, his wife, and she conceived and she gave birth to Kayan, and she said, Kanisi Ish Es Hashem. Now, Rashi comments on this. He comments on the verb, on the words, Veho Adam Yoda. Now, before we get to the Rashi, you'll notice that the word Yoda is not like Vayoymer, Vayidaber, etc. It doesn't have a vav at the beginning. It's not really in a future tense with the vav turning it around. It is what can be called an overkal. It is a plain past tense, Yoda, Shomar, Omar. But Rashi says, this is referring to something that happened even before the matter of above, meaning we just got through, the Torah just completed telling us the whole story of the sin of Adam and Chava and the punishments that HaKadosh Baruch Hu decreed upon them. And now it says, so Rashi says, this is like a flashback. This is saying, and the Adam and Adam had had relations with his wife. He had previously had relations with his wife, and they had given birth to a child. Rashi says, Kodem before Adam sinned, me Gan Eden, and before he was banished from Gan Eden, and similarly, the pregnancy and the birth also took place, all of them took place before the whole story of their sin. Now Rashi explains to us the grammar. If it would have said with this the future tense with the vav turning it around, making it into a past. And also, I neglected to mention before that it has the verb first and the subject of the verb, the person doing the action, comes second. Literally, if we would translate word for word into English, it would be the man knew. But it's by ye in Hebrew we say by Yeda Adam. Not literally. Literally in English we would translate, and he knew who knew the man. Okay. If it would have said by Yeda Adam, if it would have said that form, so then Nishma, that we would have heard that, Shalba Akhar Shinitrad 
That would have told us that after he was banished from Gan Eden, he then fathered and had children. But because it says, it puts the word, the subject of, this, of the sentence, it puts first. And then it puts the, the verb, in a plain past tense. So that Rashi says means that it's something that had happened even previous to something which was mentioned before. And this is what some of the later Mephoshim refer to as the other mukdam. In English, it is called the past perfect, or sometimes it's called the pluperfect. So that is one meaning of a plain past verb, as opposed to the vav hamahatech form of vayem Um To be perfectly honest, I learned Chumash for years and years, for decades, before I realized that there's any real difference between them. I never knew, or maybe at some point I became curious to know, but I never knew what would be the difference between Vayoymer and Omar. They're both past. They're both referring to past events. But according to Rashi, this is at least one of the differences. Vayoymer means he said, but Omar, it would say Hashem Omar, that would mean Hashem had said. He had, had said so somewhat more distantly in the past, before certain other events. Now, that is one possible meaning of what I call the Ovar guilty siduri, of a non-consecutive, non-narrative past tense. And that is, is that it's referring to something that happened farther back in the past, even before certain other events which have already been written. That's one meaning. Another meaning, another use of a plain past tense, we find also in Gracious, right in the first parak, Perak Aleph, the Pasik Chavzayim, says, Elokim Adam And God created the man in his seven, in his image. We're not going to discuss now exactly what that really means. It's okay. Now that is Vayivro. That's, that's a Ovar Siduri. That is a narrative past tense. God created the man in his image. Now the Pasuk says, in the image of God, he created him. And male and female, he created them. Now, what is, why are the second, second and third verbs of create, why are they expressed differently than the first verb that means to create? Vayivro means, and he created what does bara and bara mean? I mean, it's also past tense. So why is there this difference? So what what the uh, portion explain and what I have uh, what I have come to to believe is that this is what is called a choser umivayer. The main verb in the sentence is vayivro. God created the man, but the Torah then wanted to add certain details about that creation. It wanted to add that that creation was done with Selim Elokim, that there is some dimyan, there is some comparison, some similarity between God and man. That's a philosophical point that is not my, my topic right now, but that's what it means, with Selim Elokim. That is like an extra point that the Torah is adding on. It is choser umiva'er. It's going back to the previous statement, and it is explaining it a little bit further, that the Vayivra, that this that Hashem created man, Hashem did it 
B'Tselem Elohim, and also, how did Hashem do it? How did Hashem create the person? He created the person, Zohar Unikevo. Uh, Rashi famously says that the original creation of Adam was Dupartsufim. He was some sort of a hermaphrodite. He was both male and female. There's also another explanation that Rashi gives. Whatever the meaning is, whatever the, the picture is, but the but the um, grammatically, the point here is that a Kodesh who created Adam, that's by Yivra Elohim is Adam in the beginning of the Pasik. And then the Torah is Choser Umivair, it goes back and it clarifies, it adds two additional points that the Adam was made B'Tselem Elohim and the Adam was made when the Torah goes back to a previous action and adds some deor, some clarification, some additional information, it will use the simple past tense of bara, or in other cases, it will say omar or shamar. It will use this ovar bilti siduri, this non-narrative past tense. And in fact, I think we see it right here in Rashi. Because on the words, Rashi says, The Torah is explaining to you, it is uh, making explicit to you that that selim that was prepared for Adam, it is a selim, it is a form of diyukan yoytzray. This, this is a mistake. It should be diyukan yoytzray, not yitzray. Diyukan Yoitzroy. It is a some sort of an image of its creator. Again, this is not literal, but it means that a Kodesh Baruch who created the Adam to be in some way, somehow similar to himself, capital H, himself. So here you see Rashi is telling us that the Tzalem Elohim Bara also means Piresh The Torah is coming to add explanation of a certain point, which really has already been stated. Because when the Pasuk says, Vayivra Elohim Adam, yes, it was done in, in, in the way that it was done. If the way that Hashem created Adam is that Hashem created Adam to be somewhat similar to himself, okay, so that's implicit in Vayivra Elohim Adam. But the Torah wanted to make it explicit. The Torah wanted to clarify it to us. So it was Choyzerum Vayir. It goes back and it clarified. When it does that, it doesn't say Vayivra, doesn't use that form, it uses the form of Bara. So we see here two uses of the of the Ovar Bilti Tziduri, of the simple past tense. One use is that it is sometimes used to express the past perfect, something that happened more distantly in the past um, uh, before certain other actions took place. And another use is, is this use of Ovar, of Choser Umivair. All of this is by way of introduction. I would like to take a look at a couple of uses of this form in a couple of psukim right near the beginning of Bracious. We begin with Bracious Aleph A. It says, by, uh, says that a Kodesh Baruch said, Yehi Or, he said, let there be light. And now the Pasuk says, Vayikroi Elohim lo'or yoim, and God called to the light. He called the light day. He called it yoim. He referred to the light as yom. V'lachoshech karo laila. 
and to the darkness he called Lila. He gave it that name, Lila, night. And it was evening and it was morning, one day. The obvious question is, why does the Torah use this form, Korah? When it talks about Hashem referring to the light as day, it says it uses the more common form of the verb, and he called. That is the, the other siduri, that is the narrative form of the past tense that we find all over the Torah. It could have continued without even using a second verb. It could have said now, into the darkness, night. And we would have said that the that it's going back to the original verb of a yikra. Or it could have said, it says neither of those two things. It says, Here, when it's referring to Cheshech, the Torah uses this, what I call the Ovar Bilti Siduri. It uses a non-narrative non past tense. And the question is, why? Well, let's think about the two uses of this form that we just discussed. There are other uses, but let's limit ourselves for now to these two possibilities. Could this be an over muktum? Could this be a past perfect? Well, maybe it could be, because if we look at the psukim, if we look at Bracious Aleph, Beis Gimel, and Dalit, we will see that it seems to be that which came first, darkness or light? And the answer is darkness. Everything was, was void and, 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 and dark. And then Hashem said, Then Hashem let, said, let there be light. What was there before there was light? It apparently was dark. So perhaps the Pasuk is telling us that really a Kaddish Baruch who had called the darkness light before he called the before he called the light by the name Yaim. Pasik begins by Hashem called the light Yaim, called it day, and he had called to the darkness already, he had called light. That's one way you could look at the Pasik. It's a little interesting why it would be stated this way. I mean, why didn't the Torah tell us in the first Pasik or the second Pasik that the darkness that existed? Hashem called it Lila. Why did the Torah wait until after it tells us about the creation of light to tell us that the darkness has a name, that it's called Lila? That's a question that, that, that one has to think about. But at least grammatically, one could say that the meaning of is that Hashem had already called the darkness light. I think, however, a, a, a better better understanding, I, I can't prove it, but I, my, I, I think in my humble opinion that a better explanation is that this verb, kara, lila, is really of the second type. It follows the second model, that it is a chazer umivair, as follows. What did a Kodesh Baruch Hu, what was really a Kodesh Baruch Hu's main creation on Yom Harishan, at least that which is stated in the Torah as an active verb? The main thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created was the Or. I mean, that's what the Pasuk says, Vayihi Or. There's no Pasuk that says Vayihi Cheshech. 
There's no Pusik that says Yehi Chayshev. There's a Pusik that says Yehi Or, let there be light. That would seem to be the main thing that Akkadish world who did on the first day of creation. And therefore, the darkness is just kind of, it was there anyway, perhaps. Some say even darkness is a creation. But still, the Torah certainly, besides this Pasuk, the Torah in other Pesukim emphasizes that HaKadosh Baruch Hu on the first day created light. Said Yehi Or. So now the Pasuk is telling us, Vayikroi Elohim Hashem, God, called the, the light by the name Yoyim. He called it Yoyim. He called it day. Now, the Torah would like to add on a detail. And he also uh, called the night, he called the darkness Lila. Because one explanation could be because darkness is merely Heder Ha'or, it's merely a lack of light. That's really a, uh, a disagreement between some of the Meforshim. Is darkness merely a lack of light or is darkness a separate creation? But even if we'll say that it's a separate creation, but I would, I would propose that it is not the main creation. For the who really wanted there to be light. Darkness is a, uh, a necessary uh, accessory. It is a necessary accompaniment to the light for one reason or another. We'll talk about that in a moment in Yer Sashem. But what HaKadosh Baruch Hu really wanted to make was Yoyim. Yoyim is really the Ikar. The Laila, it's a, it's a detail. Yes, there has, to be, there has to be darkness also. So when the Torah talks about Hashem uh, giving a name to the darkness, that's a, an additional detail. That's Kara Laila. He called it he called it night. If the main creation was light, and we can certainly understand that. I mean, if the creation is, is really ultimately intended for, for humankind and it's intended for Klai Yisrael, ultimately to, to perfect the world through their actions, actions are done primarily in the daytime. That's the time for acting. That's when you can see what you're doing and you can really accomplish things. You understand why there has to be light. Why did there have to be darkness? So there is a Targum Yonason, an Aramaic translation of the Torah, which I've mentioned in the past is almost for surely a misnomer. It was not written by Yonason ben Avzil, written by some other uh, unidentified author, but it's in, it has the status of a Midrash. It's a very important uh, running Midrash on, on the Torah. Let me just read a few words from the Targum Yonason. The Koroh Hashem Lenehoira Yemama. Hashem called the light by the, de, by the name Yemama, like the word Yayim. The Avde Lemiflach Bo Dairei Ara. And he made it Lemiflach Bo Dairei Ara. So that the dwellers of the world should work. Kodesh Baruch Hu created the light for people to work. So they will have light and they can work and they can accomplish. And to the darkness, to the darkness he called Laila, and Hashem made it, so that the Brios, so that the creations could rest. The light was created for rest. There's a famous statement in the Gemara, the Ivri Lelia, Darkness was created 
for sleep. Now, contrary to what some uh, yeshiva bachram think, really the daytime was meant for, for learning and for doing and for, for living, and the nighttime was meant to go to sleep. And then after nighttime, you're supposed to wake up the next morning and be a shachris on time. Okay? I was also once a yeshiva bachram, and I thought that the nighttime is for learning and the daytime is for sleeping. But that's really not correct. Really what a Kodesh who wanted in the world was light. Darkness is a, it's a detail. Yes, there had to be darkness also. The creatures need to rest. And perhaps that's why the Choshech Koralayla is in this Choyzer Umbevayer verb form. Let's take a look at another Pasuk. Just a few Pesukim later, gracious Aleph Tess. It says that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu first created the world, so everything, the whole earth was covered with water. Then it says, and Hashem said, God said, Let the waters that are underneath the heavens gather all into one place. And then the dry land will appear. The oceans will contract to be smaller to be in one place rather than covering the entire globe so then the dry land will automatically become visible and it was so and god called to the dry land eretz he gave it the name eretz land and to this collection of water he called it yamin he called it the oceans or the seas and Hashem saw that it was good. Now here also we have the question, that is the typical narrative verb form that the Torah uses, Yikra is really it is really a future tense verb, but the verb at the beginning turns it around into a past tense. So Hashem called the dry land then it says to the collection of water, which was now not all over the place, but in one place, one very large place, but one place, here it uses the, the simple past or the Ovar Bilti Siduri, it uses this other verb form. And the question is, why? What is that telling us? Here, I think also we have two possibilities. One possibility could be that it is an avramukta. It's a past perfect. Why? Because Hashem called the dry land Eretz. The water had really been there the whole time. Even in the very first Pasuk in the Torah, there seems to have been water from the very beginning. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it was never created, but even before this whole narrative begins, there was already water. So who called the dry land Eretz, and he had called the water Yamin, because perhaps the Pasuk means to tell us that Baruch Hu had given the oceans that name, even before he gave the name of Yabashah, but the, the, the name of Eretz to the dry land. Here also, I find that a little bit difficult, and Without any clear proof, I think that the second possibility is, is probably more correct. And that is that there is a choser umavayer there. 
called the dry land Eretz. That is the main point. Why? Why is that the main point? Why is that the main thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created here? Because that's the main thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted a world in which there will be mankind and ultimately there will be a Klai Yisrael and they will serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu and they will bring about certain perfections in the, in the creation. Where is that done? Where, do, where does mankind primarily live? Uh, a person is not a fish. A person lives on dry land. Yes, you can go in a boat and you can sail around for a while, but a person is really a land creature. So the main thing that Akadosh Baruch Hu did here is that he created the dry land. Now, as a sort of a parenthesis, as a sort of an additional detail, it says, Yes, Akadosh Baruch Hu gave a name to the mikveh hamayim, to the gathering of the water also. He called it yami. Yes, there also has to be water. Uh, ask your local, local scientists why there has to be water. There's many different reasons why there has to be water. But it's not the primary, it's not the primary creation here. The primary creation is that there should be land where human beings will live and who will bring about the fulfillment of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plans for the world. The fish in the sea and all of that water is serves some secondary purpose. And therefore, that's how the Torah phrases it. I'll go back, I'll tell you a detail that in addition to Yabashor, there's also Yami. Okay. Now, all of this, both of these ideas really predicated are really are really um, really bringing out another another point. They really depend on another point, and that is that when a Kodesh Baruchu, when it says here that a Kodesh Baruchu called the light with the name Yain, and he called the darkness light, he called the dry land Eretz, he called the water Yamin. We have to understand what, 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 is, what is the point of that? As one of them, as I saw one of the Mephoshim say, I mean, is a Kodesh Baruchu deciding for other Marishan what word he should use when he refers to these items? We don't find that uh, in the Torah that a Kodesh Baruchu went around giving everything in the world a name so that other Marishan should know what to call it. Exactly how did other Marishan know what to call everything? I don't know. But we don't find in the Torah that a Kodesh Baruch Hu dictated to him how to call everything. So, so what is the point over here? Ramban says that Indian Kriya, the Elu, the idea of Kriya, the idea of giving a name in these things, what a Kodesh Baruch Hu was doing was defining and creating their essence. He was defining their definition. When they took on their final surah, when they took on their form. In other words, a Kodesh Baruch Hu was not just giving a name to something. A Kodesh Baruch Hu, by giving a name, was creating something. He was creating that up till here is called day. 
he was establishing something. And from here on until the sun comes up again in the morning, that's night. He's not just giving it a name. He is making that system. He is establishing that system. And the same thing with the, with the dry land and the waters. Uh, another one in the Mephoshim, much later, much later commentary, of David Svi Hoffman, who lived in the late 19th, early 20th century. He says here, the etzim matan Hashem, mitzad Hashem, implicit in this giving of a name that Hashem did, yesh gam mishum kriyas there is also an establishment of the purpose of these items. Ha'or when a Kodesh Baruch who said that the or is called Yaim. He is establishing that the ore will shine, the light will shine, and the light will be in charge on the, in these hours. The Memshelis Yaim. And the darkness will be for the kingdom, for the rulership of the night. Hashem is creating and establishing this system. And similarly, I found from Rat Hirsch, who says, Wherever a Kodesh Baruch Hu called a name to his creatures, most creations we don't see in the Torah that Hashem gave them a name. Whether he did or did not, that's a good question. But where we find that a Kodesh Baruch Hu gave a name to his creations, he established with this name the future and the essence and the purpose of this item that holds that name. The Dugmas, Avraham, Yisrael, for example, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu called Avram by the new name Avraham, when he called Yaakov by a new name, he called him Yisrael. He is, it's not just uh, some some uh, judge uh, changing, uh, granting you a name change because you don't like your own your own name. It sounds too Jewish or something. He is establishing. He is he is he is uh, establishing what Avram is. Somehow implicit in the in the letters, Avraham is now a definition of what this person is. That great and lofty ideals that this person represents. And when Hakadosh Baruch Hu changed Yaakov's name to Yisrael. He is bringing about a change in the person, in a change in his in his identity, and a change in his his future, a change in his in his purpose, in his ultimate purpose. So here also, when a Kodesh Baruch Hu called the the, the, the light Yom, a Kodesh Baruch Hu is not only giving it a name, but he is establishing its its purpose, and he is defining the essence of that purpose. All of this really goes back, all of this is really based on an, on an idea which is discussed by many Mepharshim. I'm gonna use as my text a, a short statement from Ramchal. Before we read his words, let's just say the idea. And that is that there is a difference between all the languages, all the languages of, the, of the world on one side and L'Shon HaKodesh and the Holy Tongue of Hebrew, certainly the, the, the holy language of, 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 uh, of Hebrew that we find in the Torah. What's, what's the essential difference? The essential difference is that all other languages are what 
the Ramchal refers to as Lashain Heskin. They're all based on an agreement. Why is this object, which has a flat top and four legs, why is that called table in English? That is simply a, an agreement upon, among people who speak English that that's what we should call it. The word table really in no way indicates intrinsically that object. It is simply an agreement. The people who speak Spanish call it la mesa. They call it a, and that's what they call it. The people in, who speak Swahili have some other word. It is simply an agreement. And so on for every word. Lushan Kurdish, the letters of the word, the sounds of the word, even the shapes of the letters, they are somehow an actual intrinsic hint at what the thing is. When you say that this item with the flat top and the four legs, when you call it shulchan, you are somehow expressing the essence of what a table is. Now, I don't exactly know. That's a very deep uh, Kabbalistic matter to really be able to pick apart the letters and the shapes of the letters and to understand how it all fits together. But that is the, that is the, that is the idea that the letters the sounds of a word in Lushan Kodesh actually indicate the essence of what the item is. Let's just read a few words from Ramchal. He says, In the following point, we can discern the preciousness of our language, of the Shaina Kodesh. Basher the names and the words in Lashon Kodesh do not indicate the things that they are talking about, mitzad ha-haskoma. It's not just an agreement that when we see this thing, we call this thing a shulchan, and we see that the furry animal with four legs and a tail, we call it a kelet. That's not just an agreement between those, amongst those people who speak Hebrew. Rather, it's kishar halashengis, which is how it is by all the other languages. Rather, the words in Lush and Kodesh are moire. They indicate the mahus, the essence of the things themselves, in truth. When you refer to a table as shulchan, you are expressing what a table really is. When you refer to a dog as kelev, you are somehow expressing what it really is. We may some cases we may know, we may understand how that works. In other cases, that's uh, something very deep that perhaps we don't know. Maybe it is known, but it's been forgotten. Maybe uh, only a small number of people know it. But when you say, when you call that furry animal with the tail, Caleb, you're expressing the essence of what it really is. All of that is really what's behind these psukim. And it's really stands behind the way that I'm explaining them, that when a, when a Kodesh Baruch Hu, uh, created the, when, when, he, uh, when he referred to the Or as Yoyim, not just he randomly decided that that Yud, Vav, and Mem with a, with a Cholom on top of the Vav, uh, that combination, uh, we'll now all agree that, that refers to the daytime. No, that word Yoyim describes what the light of day is in some way. And it has to do with the function and the purpose of what the aura is. That's the function and the purpose. 
And since it's describing the function and the purpose, that's really ikar. That's really the main point of this pasuk. Darkness? Well, darkness is not Hashem's main, main purpose here. Hashem didn't really want a world of darkness. He wanted a world of light. So when the Torah talks about Hashem giving a name to the darkness, it's expressed in a secondary way. It's expressed with this verb form of choser umivayar. It's a detail. The or is called yain. Okay, if there wouldn't be darkness, there wouldn't be light either. I mean, you wouldn't know the difference. And uh, if, you, if you had to work constantly, you'd, you'd, you'd wear out very quickly. There has to be a time for rest also. But that's secondary. That is of a secondary purpose. And we are talking here about the purpose of things. When we talk about giving a name to something, we are talking about expressing what its purpose is. And similarly, when we come to the Pasuk about the Yabashah and the Mikveh Hamayim, Manakodesh World, who referred to the dry land as Eretz, when he called it that name, he is expressing and defining what is the essence and what is the purpose of land. And that is a primary purpose. That's where humankind is going to live and humankind is going to fulfill its, its, its intended purpose. Okay? People don't live in the water, but there has to be water also. So when the Torah talks about calling the name of the, of the water, giving a special name to the water, the Torah uses this somewhat parenthetical form. It says, Hamayim Koroyami, to the water he called Yami. That's an additional, additional detail. In order for there to be dry land, there has to be water. There are many reasons why there has to be water. Okay, but what's the whole purpose of the water? It's only secondary to the real purpose, which is the land.